Tonight, I want to tell you about the biggest promise I ever made. The biggest promise I ever made. We're talking about promises. Um, and, uh, and some of you will catch on kind of as I, as, I, as I tell the story. But um, about five or six years ago, I was, uh, I was living life in Jacksonville. I had graduated a few years before. Um, I was living with my friend uh, that uh, was my age. He, he owned a business, and uh, I was living with him. And uh, wasn't working at the church yet. And uh, this, this lady um, <clears throat> named Miss Marion, some of y'all know Miss Marion, she works here at Beach, she's my best friend's mom, um, and she uh, is my dad's administrative assistant. Um, and, and she came up to me one day, all excited. If you know Miss Marion, she kind of like, before she gets to you, before she even says anything, you can tell what she's going to do, because she kind of like, she kind of does one of these, she looks like a little kid that's about to pee in their pants, she'll kind of run up to you, and she'll be like, oh, oh, Ryan, I, oh, I, and she can't even talk, like, she doesn't have like, like any kind of problem speaking. She just can't speak because she's too excited to tell you what she's going to tell you. So she's like, I, I can't, oh my gosh. And, and I'm like, okay, just, just kind of slow down and tell me what the deal is. She said, oh my gosh, Ryan, you are not going to believe it. I have the perfect girl for you. And I was like, oh. Uh, you're not old enough to understand this yet, but there's really nothing worse than a uh, f- parent's friend trying to hook you up with their friend's child. Like, there's really nothing worse. Because here's what's going to happen. You're going to go on a date. You're both going to feel awkward. You really have nothing necessarily in common. You don't know each other. Like, there's really, uh, there's really nothing uh, there because it's not a natural way to meet somebody. Um, and so I was like, oh, gosh. Okay. And then I said, right, so what's your name? She told me her name. And I said, all right, and it's not like I had, like, girls beating down the door to be with me. Like, I had been single for, like, three years. I'd only had, like, two girlfriends in my life. Like, I, I wasn't, like, Mr. Mr. Playboy. So, um, like, she, 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 uh, she gives me the name, and I say, okay. And I did what most of you do when one of your friends tells you about somebody. What do you do? You stalk them. That's right. You stalk them. Um, and, uh, and so at the time, the, uh, the stalking avenue of choice was Facebook. And so I went in Facebook, and I stalked and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and, and then I was kind of like, you know what? I'm not really, I'm just not going to really go down this route. Maybe she'll forget about it. And, uh, and um, if you know Miss Marion, you will know that she does not drop anything. She, when, she, when she wants something, she, she tells you about it. And so uh, she continually uh, told me, and every once in a while she'd be like, Oh, Ryan, remember, remember, remember that girl I told you about? Well, she is still here, and uh, she would love to meet you. And I'm like, uh, okay. And, and finally one day, uh, she's like, she, she tricked um, this girl into coming and helping her at Promised Land. She lied to the girl. Um, the girl did not know. She lied to the girl, and she said, my husband is sick today. Her husband was not sick that day. And she said, I need a co-leader for Promised Land today. Can you do it? And the girl says, okay. So, so the girl doesn't know that there's this, there's this meeting being set up. I'm the one that knows, but I, I thought she knew. So I thought we both felt awkward. It was really just me that felt awkward. So I'm standing up there in Promised Land. I used to teach in Promised Land. I'm standing up there talking. And, and like the whole time, you know, if, you're, if you've been to Promised Land, the room's kind of small, so you can kind of see people very clearly. She's sitting on the ground and, with all the kids and and I'm teaching, and, and I'm like, oh, this is so awkward. Like, she sees me, and I'm, like, teaching, like, this little kid lesson. And, like, oh, this is, like, such a, such not a manly, masculine way for her to first meet me. I'm like, hey, kids, how you doing? Ha-ha, <laughs> Jesus loves you. And so, like, and so, I don't know. I just went, like, Bugs Bunny there or something. Uh, she, uh, so, so I'm standing up there kind of doing my, my dog and pony show, dancing around like a monkey. And then um, I, uh, at the end... Um, all the kids are like running around. It's loud and everything. And Miss Mary says, oh, okay, y'all meet each other. And like, and I'm like, just like, oh my God. 
gosh, this is like the most awkward thing ever. Like, I just wanted to like melt into the ground. And so I was like, oh, hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? There's kids running like through us and around us. The music's playing loud. And I'm like, oh, my name's, my name's, and there was like nothing to say, you know, like those awkward small talk conversations. And so, um, so she leaves, um, and, and, and I kind of go my way. But there was something, something about her that kind of stuck out to me. And she was wearing, like, these, this cute little, like, blazer and rolled-up sleeves. And it was cold outside. She was wearing boots and all that. And I was like, oh, you know, she, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe Miss Marion, I guess. We, well, we'll see what happens. And, then, um, and so, like, a couple months pass by, or maybe, maybe a month. Uh, I go on a mission trip to Costa Rica. Um, and one night, we had Wi-Fi there, and it's, like, super nice. We're up in the mountains. It's, like, 60 degrees. I go out uh, on the porch. All the guys have gone to bed. And I get on Facebook, and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to send her a message. I was about to get knee surgery, so I just sent her a message, and I was like, yeah, you, guys, I asked her out on Facebook. Am I, like, legit or what? So, um, so, uh, so, so I said, like, hey, I'm about to get surgery. I'm going to be on crutches for a couple weeks. And, uh, and as soon as I'm, like, kind of getting around again, let's go out to lunch. And, um, and so she said, okay, I gave her my phone number. She gave me her phone number, and that was that. Um, and so the day that my roommate got married, so... Reed, he kicked me out because his wife had to move in. So I moved out. I'm like 25 or 26. I'm single. I hate my job. And I'm living with my parents again. So life was just successful for Ryan at that point. He kicks me out. Um, it was that day, his wedding. And it was in the afternoon. And so that uh, afternoon uh, before the wedding, I went to uh, meet this girl for lunch. And we went to Takaloo. This is Takaloo before, um, before it moved when it was just in the little spot um, that's now like a hookah bar or something. It's been like 18 restaurants since then. And, uh, and we go and we have lunch and it was, it was pretty good. Like some, some good, some bad, um, uh, some little bit awkward, but mostly good. We, we spent like two hours together. If you have a two hour first date, that's generally a good thing. Um, uh, but, uh, so I, so I was kind of like interested and at the end I say, Hey, uh, would you like to go out again? And so uh, I believe four days later on a Tuesday night, we went to Mellow Mushroom, so we were hitting all the spots, uh, and uh, we had pizza, and we talked, and all, everything was good, so then I said, hey, would you like to go out again, and then we went out that uh, Friday or Saturday night, went to Dave and Buster's, guys, like, that's a good one, you know, I like one or a teddy bear and all that kind of stuff, like real macho, um, I'm just kidding, I didn't do that, but uh, we played video games, and we ate dinner, and all that kind of stuff, um, and then a couple, uh, I think the next night, or, or two nights later, it's a Sunday night, um, I did, I did, I made the big, the big ask. I said, Hey, do you want to come over and hang out with my family? And, uh, and so this was kind of like, man, you know, the sweat family, this is like the, the sweat family interview. Uh, so we're all sitting on the back porch, mom and dad and Ash. I don't know that Lindsay was there, but we're sitting around and she comes over and, uh, if you haven't gotten it by now, this girl is now my wife. Her name is Karen. And so she, uh, so she comes over and, uh, and, and she's talking and all that stuff. And then I walked her out to her car. We're in the front yard. Um, and her car was right here. And we had our first kiss. Aww. And, and, uh, and, and then it kind of went from there. We kept dating. There was, there was some time where I was a little bit like uh, gun shy with the whole thing. Because I'm like, I'm 25 or 26. If, if we go all in here, like that means we're getting married. And that kind of was like, I was like, am I sure we're supposed to get married? And all that kind of stuff. Um, but after a couple of years, uh, I remember there was just kind of this realization that God put on my heart and this realization in my mind, hey, you guys uh, are supposed to be married. And so um, I remember we were going to Uganda, me and my dad, for a mission trip. And so I was having lunch with my mom and my dad. I hadn't told anybody yet. I've been kind of thinking about it for a couple months. Um, and, uh, and so we sit down at Bono's Barbecue, and we're talking. And, um, and at the end of the lunch, I said, hey, guys, just so you know, I'm going to ask Karen to marry me, and I'm going to do it at Thanksgiving. And they were like, what? 
you know, they're all pumped up. Um, and so we go on the mission trip. We come back. When we came back, I called my friend who has a friend that works at Monahan's. We went down there the very first time I walked in, like 30 minutes, maybe less than that, like 15 minutes into looking at rings, I found the perfect ring. And, and girls, just so you know, don't be the girl that picks out your own ring. When you get to that point, don't be that girl. It's a gift from the guy. You tell him a couple things you like and, and, just, and just let him go get you the gift of the ring, okay? Don't, like, don't try to like run his whole life. Karen didn't, and it was great. She just kind of like, I asked her a couple things. We had barely even talked about marriage, um, but we knew we were kind of headed in that direction. We barely talked about the ring. I went and I found a ring. Um, kind of had it in my pocket for about uh, a couple weeks. And so uh, we were going up to North Carolina, to Boone, North Carolina, for Thanksgiving to meet my mom's family. Um, and we were all just going to stay in a couple of cabins for Thanksgiving. Um, and we were super excited about it. And I was like, this is going to be perfect. So everybody was getting in on a Wednesday. And on a Tuesday, uh, we, I was going to ask her to marry me. And I was like, it's going to be in North Carolina. It's going to be cold weather. We're going to be wearing jackets and all that. We're going to be in the mountains. It's going to be great. And so my plan was, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to propose to her like on, on some mountain somewhere. But I didn't really know. So I was like Googling, like, hey, where do you propose to your girlfriend in North Carolina? And I didn't really get much success. Um, so we were at another barbecue restaurant the day of, and I still didn't know where to go. And I said, um, I, I said to the waiter, we knew we were going to go somewhere that had a cool lookout, but we weren't going to like hike and everything. We just wanted someplace right off the road, like, a, like an over, overlook. And so I, I asked the, the waiter, I'm like, hey, where's like the coolest overlook around here? And he gives me this description of this place, but it's kind of like, you know, like country directions. He's like, well, you know, you go down about three miles right there and you take a right and then there's going to be a tree and uh, then you're going to take a left. And then, and so it was like, it was like, he wouldn't, I was just like, give me a mile marker. Give me like a place, like GPS me or something like, tell me where this place is. And so we start driving, the sun's going down and I'm like, okay, the first stop we go to, not it. Next stop we go to, not it. The next stop we go to, not it. And now people are starting to get frustrated. Karen has no idea, but everybody else knows we better find a spot before sun not, sunset uh, or else this thing's not going to happen. And so finally we pull up to this place and we think, that it's it, but like the sun's going down quick, and, and, uh, and we got to figure this thing out. So we start walking up, and, uh, and we find out it is the right spot. It's about a five-minute hike just walking up the mountain on like a little path. Um, and we get up there, and it's this beautiful, beautiful overlook. And, um, and it's, it's pretty cool because the, uh, the next year we went back, or two years later we went back um, to this spot, and it was like packed with people, packed with people. And... and <laughs> Like, that would be the, the last thing I would want for proposal is for all these people to be around. Oh, look at, oh, they're, they're getting proposed. And like all these random people you never even met, these strangers, like, oh, like clapping and like Snapchatting and like taking Facebook pictures and all that. So like, um, so I was like, it, it was just amazing. We get up there and there's no one up there. Absolutely no one. And, uh, and we get up there. And it's really cool. There's like this, there's like a little staircase and a boardwalk. And then it goes out and it's just like this huge boulder, this huge rock that just looks out and you can see for miles. The sun's starting to go down. My sister's new uh, and, and the one aunt and uncle that were there new. And so they kind of like, uh, kind of go up there. And this is where like taking lots of Instagram pics comes in handy. Um, because I told Karen, hey, let's go take a picture on the rock. We like to hike and everything, and we'll, we'll take a few pictures together. But a lot of times we do this, this little number where one of us goes and stands on the ledge, um, and then the other person takes, like, the behind shot, and it's, like, real epic and everything. And so, um, 
So we always do that whenever we go hiking, uh, wherever we've been hiking it, it, across kind of America. And, uh, and so it was kind of a normal request. I was like, hey, let's go that way. And everybody else kind of like went up there, but they really had a camera and they were getting ready to take pictures. Um, and so again, like we hadn't talked about this at all. Uh, so she literally had no idea. Um, and so, uh, so she takes my picture and then I take her picture. Um, and so I, I got behind her and she was like kind of stood standing right on the edge of the cliff. And, and then I, uh, uh, there you go. I don't have to describe it. So, uh, so I, uh, I said, okay, let me get one more picture. I'm going to get one like lower. Cause you know, it looks cooler when you're like looking up and everything like that. Um, and the sun's about to set. And, uh, and so I got behind her and I put away my phone and pulled out a ring and said, okay, I took the picture. She turned around, she saw the ring and then we hugged and those are all live pictures. Those aren't like rehearsed. So that's pretty cool. Um, we're not taking like the, the corny, like, oh my gosh, like I'm fake on my knee and all that kind of stuff. Those are like really, when it happened, I asked her to marry me. Five months later, we got married in the worship center uh, in here uh, where we have big church on the, in the mornings um, on May 1st, 2015. And on that day, I made the most important promise of my life. I promised and she promised to me to have and to hold each other in sickness and in health for richer, for poor, uh, whether, whether, with, whether things were good or things were bad, uh, that we would stay together, that we would stick together, and that we would promise ourselves to each other. And here's the thing about promises. A promise is only as good as the promiser. A promise is only as good as the promiser. Many of you know uh, the friend or maybe a family member, unfortunately, that you really can't trust the thing they say. They may say, I swear, I swear to God, I, I promise, I promise, I promise. But over time, they break their promises. And when a person loses your trust, you just say, eh, I don't really care if you said I promise. It doesn't matter what you promise. It could be a small promise or a big promise, but you're not really going to trust it. And they may say, oh, I promise I'll be there. I promise I'll finish it. I promise I'll show up. I promise I won't let you down. And over time, you might realize with certain people that the promise is only as good as the promiser. If the promiser cannot be trusted, then the promise cannot be trusted. And as we've talked about in this series um, that we're finishing up tonight, hope is the anticipation for something to happen. It's the anticipation for something good. And, and as, we've, as we've spoken about this, we've talked a lot about hoping in God uh, and what we're hoping in, but we haven't talked about what we're hoping And what we're hoping for is described over and over in the scripture. A lot of times we just say like, oh, like what we're hoping for, I don't really know. I guess like Jesus or heaven or something like that. But we don't really know God's promises. But we know this, that a promise is only as good as the promiser. And we know that God is good and that he comes through on all of his promises. There's scripture that says that he will always come through when he promises you something. And in the Bible, there are thousands of, and thousands, by, by, by one count, I looked up almost 7,000 promises in the scripture, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, promises that God gives his people. And so what we're going to talk about, what we're going to uh, do the rest of the time I'm talking, is we're just going to read scripture. And I'm just going to read it, and we're not going to put it on the screens. And if you want to write it down, you just might need to write down like the, the, uh, the, the, the reference that I'm giving you, because um, I'm going to be moving fast. And we're not going to look at all 7,000 promises, but we're going to look at some of the promises that God gives us. Because I think it's so important that we know what we're hoping for when we hope in God. When we hope in God, we need to know what we are hoping for. So, here's the first thing. In Jesus, we have hope in this life. 
in Jesus, we have hope in this life. Are you ready? Are you ready? We're going to go through a lot of promises. And I might lose my voice because I've been preaching a lot today. In Jesus, we have hope in this life. Here are some of the promises of Jesus. Forgiveness. 1 John 1.9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. He promises that he will make a new creation. Ezekiel 36, 26. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. He promises the Holy Spirit. Luke eleven thirteen. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The Holy Spirit is God in us when we come to know Jesus In Jesus, we have the promise that he will take care of our needs. Matthew 6, 31 through 33. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. He promises that he will outgive us. Malachi 3.10, bring the whole offering into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says God, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. He promises us wisdom. James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. He promises us guidance. Isaiah 30.21, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. He promises that he will not leave us. Deuteronomy 31.6, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He promises us peace. John 14.27, peace I leave, leave, leave with you, Jesus says. My peace I give to you. I will not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. We're just getting started, by the way, so you, you, better, you better get excited about the promises of God. Come on. He will deliver us from temptation. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, and when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Continuing, he promises that we will defeat Satan. I love this verse so much, I tattooed it on my foot. Romans 16, 20, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. He promises that he will be with us in our trouble. Psalm 138, 7, though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the anger of my foes. With your right hand, you save me. He promises us eternal life. We all know the verse, John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life he promises that he will help us overcome our fears Loudon talked about this last week psalm 34 4 i sought the lord and he answered me he delivered me from all my fears he promises that he will fight for us exodus 14 14 the lord will fight for you you need only be still he promises us strength isaiah 40 29 he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak he promises us unconditional love romans 5 8 some of you know this but god demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners christ died for us. This one's real big. He promises us revival. Second Chronicles 714. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. He promises that he has a plan for us. Some of us are like, what is going on with my life? And this is what he says, Jeremiah 29 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. I'm out of breath, but I'm going to keep going. He promises us freedom. John 8 36. So 
the sun, so if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. He promises that he hears our prayers. First John 5, 14. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. He promises that he will do what is best for us, Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, even tragedy, even hurt, even pain, that he will work for those, for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. He promises that he will protect us from our worries, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. He promises us healing, James 5, 14 and 15. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well, and the Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven and he will forgive or he promises that he will reveal himself to us Luke 11:9 Jesus says so i say to you ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and the door will be open to you. That's just a few of the promises that we have in Jesus. Uh, yeah, you come on. We we need to clap for the promises of Jesus. But 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 wait. Like an infomercial. There's more. All right. And the second part that we're going to talk about is in Jesus, we have hope in eternity. We have hope in eternity. Now, some people just get stuck on eternity, and we, we don't know that God has promises us for, for us here on earth. But, uh, but a lot of times, we forget about eternity. We just live like today's the end of everything, and, and there's nothing else uh, uh, going on. But in Jesus, we have hope in eternity. And some of these promises that I'm going to give you are going to really describe what eternity is like and what we have in Jesus and in eternity for the rest of of forever. He promises that it will be a party and a feast. Luke 13, 29, people will come from the east and the west and the north and the south, and they will take their places at the feast in the kingdom of God. He promises he has a place for us. John 14, 2 and 3, my father's house has many rooms. I have a mansion waiting. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I, do, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and I will take you to be with me so that you may be where I I am. He promises, this is amazing, that there will be no hunger, no thirst, and he even promises there will be amazing weather. Listen to this. This is great. Therefore, they who are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple, and he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Never again will they hunger in eternity. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them. Amen. Hallelujah. Nor any scorching heat. No more 100, 100 degree October days because it is lifelong eternity fall. And I don't know if you like that. I know we live at the beach, but that's an amazing, that's, a, that's just amazing news. Amazing weather in heaven. We, he promises that we will be face to face with God. Revelation 21, three. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people. And God himself, listen to this, God himself will be with them and be their God. It won't be, I'm gonna pray to something invisible. It won't be, "Ah, I hope, it won't be anything. We will see God's face. And and the Bible says that when, when Moses saw God's behind, he was so affected that when he came down, he was glowing from seeing God's presence and people could not even look at Moses who just saw God's behind. He didn't even see his face. And the Bible says we will be face to face with him in eternity. The very next verse, and these are some of my favorite parts. If you go to Revelation 21, it's amazing. It describes heaven. It says this, there will be no more tears. There will be no more pain and there will be no more death. 
It says he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death. There will be no more mourning. There will be no more crying. There will be no more pain. For the old order of things has passed away. The old order of things is gone. The things of this earth that we see, the shootings in Las Vegas, the racism, the hatred, the war, the, 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 the crime, the, the, the murder, all of that, it will be gone. You won't even be able to remember it. For the old order of things, the way the world functions, will be passed away. And this is the last promise in eternity. Everything will be made new. Revelation 21.5, he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. This is like the first rap lyric in the history of the world. Right? He, he rhymes. I'm making everything new, for these words are trustworthy and true. Everything he says will come true. And we're going to close with this scripture, 2 Corinthians 1, verse 20. Many of you have heard a song that is written based off this verse, but here is what it says. It says, for no matter how many promises God has made, and as we said, he's made thousands of promises. No matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. And then the last scripture, I know I said that was the last one, but here's the last promise. Romans 10, 9. Jesus says, or Paul says about Jesus, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, some of you have been listening to this. Some of you have been listening to these, these, uh, these promises and you're like, there's these two key words at the beginning of every statement. You're saying in Jesus, in Jesus, in Jesus. And the promises sound great, Ryan, but I don't really know what it means to be in Jesus. But the Bible gives us a very clear description of what it means to be in Jesus. And we say this verse every week, but sometimes we don't actually know. It's actually a promise. It says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That is the promise. And we know that those are in Christ Jesus. Those that are saved have eternity. We have the promises on earth. We have the promises in heaven. So there are some people in this room, I know because y'all invite people all the time that have never been to church. And I know there's some people in this room that they've heard about God. You've heard about the promises. And you say, I like the sound of that, but I'm not in Jesus. I don't even know what that means. We're going to give you the opportunity tonight to be in Jesus, to be changed, to, to put this promise into motion. And it's not going to be because you're standing in a church and it's not going to be because you're at United. It's not going to be because I'm preaching. And and here's the deal about this. Your parents can't make this decision for you. I can't make this decision for you. That's why the scripture says, if you, not your parents, not your pastor, not your teacher, not your friend that invited you, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. We believe and we confess. We believe in God. We believe that Jesus is the Son of God. We believe he died and he rose again on the third day and that he is there and he is for us. And we believe that he can forgive us, but we also confess it because the Bible says even the demons believe that God exists. Of course, they believe him, but they fight against him. It's not good enough to believe. We are to believe and to receive. We are to confess it with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. And so we're going to do this. We're going to give you the opportunity to, to, to turn your life over to Jesus. We're going to ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes. We're going to pray a prayer together. And if that's you, if you say, I want these promises of God, I want to put my hope in God. I want to put my life on God. My night is tonight. I'm ready to make this decision. On the count of three, I'm going to give you an opportunity to raise your hand. You don't raise your hand because it makes you any more saved. You raise your hand because I want you to remember that on October 7th, 
October 7th, 8th, October 8th, you raised your hand, 2017, that you were ready to give your life over to Christ. And so I'm going to give you that opportunity. On the count of three, you're going to raise your hand. You're going to pray this prayer with me. You're going to believe it in your heart, and you're going to confess it with your mouth. And you can say it quietly. You can say it super loud. I don't care what you do, but I want you to say it, and I want you to believe it in your heart if that's, what, if that's the decision you are going to make. <clears throat> so one, God loves you. Two, his promises in Jesus are yes and amen. Three, if that's you, raise your hand. If that's you, raise your hand. If you want to make that decision to follow Jesus for the very first time, raise your hand. I'll give you a couple more seconds. If that's you, your heart's beating. You know that I, I want this, I want this. I want you to put up your hand and I want you to pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I'm yours. I know I need a savior. I, I know that I'm messed up. I believe that you are the son of God, Jesus. I believe that you died and you rose again. Lord, I ask you to forgive me. I ask that you would change my life. I ask that you would be the Lord of my life. Lord, I want to follow after you. In your name we pray.